chapter 11 of Hebrews, verses 5 through 6. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. John 11, verses 25 through 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. And um, Randy and Josh, y'all here today? Where, where y'all at? They got kids now. They can't just stay in the worship service. Um, but Randy was up here uh, singing with us, and um, they have two children. Randy was part of our staff here at Christ Central Church. Um, they now live in Texas. Do I have the state right, Josh? Which city? Dallas. Okay. Um, and uh, so it was good having Randy and Josh and the kids with us today. And she used to be on the praise team, so she was singing with us. So um, thank God for y'all coming back. Um, for a visit or for good? Visit. Okay. Just... But look what we got now. Y'all, y'all still want to go back? Okay. Um, this is their first time in a new facility, so good to have them today. Um, we continue in our study um, through the book of Hebrews and, um, and this deeper look into the characters. We see here in chapter 11, the so-called hall of faith. For, I was supposed to remind you guys, if you're visiting the Children's Church for Kids K through 5, so if you were here and, and, and Tom said, children, and everybody went, if you're K through 5, this is your time to go. Anybody? Any takers? Okay. Um, didn't want to bring any attention to you or anything. Um, but... As we continue in chapter 11, the so-called hall of faith, um, I understand 
that the series started off pretty strong last week with Pastor McKnight preaching about Cain and Abel and our call to, to a life of informed worship. I was away doing a church retreat uh, for a mission church with our name, Christ Central Church in Durham, North Carolina, where Daniel Mason is a church planner and pastor of that church. And um, they uh, definitely took uh, what we're doing here and, and, and doing it up there. And they're doing some awesome work already having been there for two years. And um, hopefully we'll work with them more often. Um, they're, they're right down the street, if you will. And so I'm glad to be back home with you all. But we continue this week as we look at a man by the name of Enoch. And when it comes to biblical information about Enoch, there's not much besides here in Hebrews that you have and about three verses in Genesis that you have before you where he is mentioned as part of a genealogy leading up to Noah's life, and we know about Noah. But Enoch is famous because of what we see in verse 5 of our Hebrews passage and in our Genesis passage in verse, verse 24. It says it this way, that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. And the word for took him is translated which means uh, we believe, uh, many people believe that miraculously he was moved by God to somewhere else. And it's widely been thought that that meant Enoch did not die and that he was taken straight away bodily and all into heaven. And that is what makes him famous. I've heard it say by, said by some believers that they would like to not die um, by illness or disease, but would just like to Enoch out of here, Right? The writer of Hebrews, in my assessment, is not impressed, first and foremost, by Enoch being taken straight away into heaven. And we'll come back to, see, to, to, to figure out whether it's accurate that he was actually taken up into heaven. But the writer is calling us to be impressed with the phrase following his Loki-like abilities for you Thor fans. Look again at verses 5 and 6 in the Hebrews passage. It says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Enoch is in the hall of faith because he had faith that pleased God. A faith described in verse 6 like this, And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Enoch's in the hall of faith because he believed in who God was and he received God's reward of faith. That is why we should be drawn to his story. Because apart from the end of his life in this translation, Enoch, Genesis says, is known for being the father of Methuselah. The oldest living man talked about in the Bible at 969 years old. And that, hear this, that Enoch walked with God and the same word for please God for 300 years. He was 365 when God took him away. 
300 years, y'all, of faith and life with God in a pretty regular average life. Where is the miracle of that? That this regular man who was not Noah or Methuselah or Adam or Father Abraham had a faith work in his life. That's what's incredible about him, that this man had pleased God, had, a, had God pleased with him rather for 300 years without being that spectacular of a person. Enoch's life was a life that was long and flat and perfect for God to build a case and write and display his truth. And this is what we can see and learn from Enoch's story. First, the faithful are called by the Lord. Secondly, the faithful walk with the Lord. And finally, the faithful end up with the Lord. The faithful are called by the Lord, kept by the Lord, and end up with the Lord. Look at the second half of verse 5 once again in our Hebrews passage, beginning with the word now. It says here, now before he was taken, that's a miraculous thing, right? Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, get this. This is what the Bible is saying here, that Enoch was pleasing or became pleasing to God or began, as Genesis 5 says, to walk with God based on what? Verse 6 in Hebrews says, believing that God exists and being rewarded by God as someone who seeks God. Now, believing that God exists here does not mean believing any or your personal definition of who God is exists. But that the God of the Bible exists and that you know who and how he is according to what he's revealed about himself to you. Now get this, Enoch could not have drawn near to God, please God, or had faith in God if God did not first meet and introduce himself and reveal himself to Enoch. The genealogy and then this hall of faith in Hebrews are all people who had a planned by God encounter and revelation of God. Enoch pleased God and walked with God because God was first pleased to make himself known to Enoch and then decided to invite and draw Enoch to walk with him. Enoch is faithful and famous because God made his acquaintance and called him into the faith and to be faithful. Listen, your encounter with God and the word that reveals who he is is no mistake. You being born possibly in a genealogy of a God-believing family or not, and still somehow, right, without with nothing and, and no one to believe in, or even some vague understanding of some being up there, the supreme being that somehow is working, right? God came to you believers, 
and gave you substance. He actually gave you something of and about himself and said, here I am. And until God presented himself and who he was through the word of truth or his revelation somehow conveyed in the history and circumstances and situations of your life, you and I had no faith and could not have faith. No chance of faith. And pleasing God and thus being faithful, know God to please or walk with or be rewarded by until he actually personally showed up in our lives. Which means this, that the faithful are given faith by God. Look at our Ephesians passage real quick. And no, I don't like to piece scriptures together. I don't like to do sword drills and sermons. But trust me, they go together, okay? Just got to trust me. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Now listen to this, that we should walk in them. Remember the Genesis passage that, that Enoch walked with God? Based on the faith that he had in God, a faith according to Ephesians that what? God gave. I want you to realize that Enoch was, for lack of a better term, a Neanderthal kind of biblical character. Right? He, 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 he probably, like, great, great, great grandfather was Adam or something like that. The first man that ever existed. So there was no Bible. There was no law written in commandments. There was no religiosity or history of the church and a lot of stories of how faithful people are supposed to act so he can fake it. There was no way to say, I know what to do to be pleasing to God. There was no performance treadmill of, of Christendom because this was before that treadmill. Now, if there's any proof of faith being a gift, it's right here. Because the faith necessary for a regular, uninformed, I want to say a, a religious Neanderthal person like Enoch, to be near to God, God-pleaser and seeker, was all about God rewarding it, as verse 6 says in Hebrews, or giving it, as our Ephesians passage says. See, if we think we get that kind of faith to walk with God and please God that makes us God please us by trying to please or be good or clean up our act or do all the right things or learn the one through ten of what it means to look like a good Christian. We got this story backwards. Because you wouldn't be in the hall of faith. You'd be in the hall of your own faith, right? This is the hall of faith, not the hall of human fame. The Bible is teaching us more something more radical through the story and mention of Enoch and Ephesians helps us focus and clear it up. The reward and gift of faith of seeing and believing God and becoming a God seeker was won and bought by Jesus for believers and given to those who would believe in him. Jesus makes us pleasing to God and gives us God-pleasing faith and the Holy Spirit brings it to our heart and it makes us those who now have faith who then can believe and walk in it. Now it's starting to make sense how Enoch's life was so incredible. 
Because faith is an incredible gift of God when you have it. And yet we take it for granted and we put it in the category of things that we've earned or bought or worked hard for or done something spectacular to gain when it is a spectacular gift of God given to regular people. I'm in the middle of putting my house on the market. Lots of fun. For those who've been through it, especially with a house like ours that's around 100 years old. Man, the problems, all that stuff. And uh, we had this little crack in the brick on the backside of our house. You know, when you see that, you're like, oh, no, right? And I knew something wasn't right. And as a pastor who majored in English undergrad at a university that is known for engineering, I had no idea who or what or how, okay? It was pretty condemning for me not to know what to do, but my agent told me to call an engineer, and I knew Elder Mike Moore, being an engineer, knew something about this stuff, and he gave me the name of a guy I did not know before who had knowledge, and I did not know, uh, knowledge I did not know before, and what he could do to fix my problem, and he showed up, and he told me all that needed to be done to fix the things, and the cost, and had the design to fix it, and then promised to give his written word for the contractors and housing contract of how he would and could provide a fix for this problem, and I am calling him and seeking him every day to finish up what has to be done to make the house pleasing and acceptable to the buyers. Believers' lives are often, no, not often, are a leaning, sinking, cracked disaster. Years of mess up. In the witness of others of the word, God sends his plans and power to fix our broken lives, unfixable by us, unable to even be seen or imagined. What could be done to fix it? And he sends his plans and his promises through his son, the engineer of our redemption, who with his blood and promise has made and makes us pleasing and upright and acceptable to God. And we now live by faith in the one who has redeemed our brokenness and promises by who he is and who he has revealed himself to be in the world to, word, to make everything righteous in ways we can't even imagine or see in our own. And it started with God finding us and calling us and entering into and contracting through Jesus to reward us with his faithfulness and the reward of his grace that makes and calls us faithful. But the Bible teaches us that this was only the beginning of the faithfulness and faith miracle in the life of Enoch. Because not only did God call Enoch, God kept Enoch. I like how Genesis describes Enoch's faithfulness. It says, Enoch walked with God. After he had fathered Methuselah at, at 65 years old, 300 years, he walked with God, and he had other sons and daughters. He walked with the Lord. Remember, Hebrews translates that as pleased or was faithful to God. But walk tells us a lot more. He didn't run. He didn't fly. He didn't float, not until the end anyway. He, according to what that word means, went 
wherever God took him and was able to have God with him wherever he went. He followed the pathway. He didn't skip over anything. He endured. In other words, Enoch just lived the life God had given him, and look what God gave him, a kid named Methuselah who lived a long time. That was his claim to fame in 300 years of walking with the creator of the universe. Okay, there's some extra biblical stuff I've read about Enoch, but the Bible, if we were to take it as face value, is saying Enoch was a faithful father. Y'all waiting for more? Okay. And a peace in God's plan to make himself known. That God used Enoch's everyday, regular choices in life of just being a dad and a granddad who knew God to eventually bring forth Noah and Abraham and Moses and all the spectacular and dramatic people you hear about in the Bible. That God used the faithful, everyday life of Enoch to do what? Look at Hebrews. So that people after him could have the faith. So that people could, after Enoch was gone, know that God exists. He was a link in that knowledge and a link in that faith. A link in giving people a knowledge that God exists and is a reward of those that seek him. For 300 years. Now think about 300 years compared to those of us today. When we start to hit our midlife crisis about 30 or 35. Will you start to wonder, I'm nothing. I never did much. This dude, Enoch, lived 300 years as an inconspicuous part or a plank or link in God's plan to introduce himself to the world and save it through Jesus. He was regular, not supersized. He was regular for a very long time until the very end of his life. And why is that significant to help us in our faith? It means that every day Enoch got up, God was with him. God was interested in him. God welcomed him every morning as his. God got up and went to work with him out in a boring field every day. And God was with him as he was a, just a dad and with some kids for a long time. And when he was a granddad for a long time, every day, every regular day, all 133,225 days, God was there with and for Enoch. Faithfulness is recognizing that you don't have to be spectacular or great in the eyes of the world, right? To have something spectacular going on every single day in your life. Because guess what? Every single day, God greets you and gets up and goes here and there every day with his people in all and nothing and everything we do or don't do. When you're a believer, God is with you and never leaves and is never not impressed or impressing on you. Hear this. Every day, if you're a believer, you are pleasing God and pleasing to God because of who you are in Christ. And he shows that. 
by having you walk with him every day and be able to seek him and get heavenly rewards in your heart and life every day, even as a regular old person praying and seeking him in the word and meeting with other normal, average, regular people. God is in that and with you and at work. He is faithful to the teachers and the factory person and the nine to five punch the clock hourly wage with no overtime or executive privileges, hoping social security is there. Grandmama is vacation for us, never going to serve on this board or be up front working the same job all your life. Mothers and fathers and average students and no incredible gift having. And then everything and everyone added to that group. Something hall of faith worthy is happening in those people right now. Is your faith in God and Jesus go with you in everyday decision-making and of the most mundane and seemingly insignificant kind, if we are God-seekers faithful by Jesus in our traversing up and down lives, we are serving and responding to God, and he has rewarded and rewarding us his power and grace at work in us Every single day, every single hour, every minute, every second, the Lord is with you. I was thinking, I, I was doing a, you know, every morning we go to school, I told y'all, we, we do a little Bible verse, and then when the boy's in the car and some other boys I carpool with, like I said, too bad they got to be carpooled by the pastor, because I have each of them read the word, little one verse thing, and then I preach. <laughs> I do a little devotion right there. And I don't write nothing down. It's off the cuff. It's one of them old school preaching. Well, you you just wait for, for the words to come. You, 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 you lengthen your words and, and you take dramatic pauses when you're really trying to figure out what to say next. You just do your face like this. Mm, here it comes. We had a verse about living every day and about God's workmanship. I think it was the Ephesians passage. I began to think about this illustration of how in our, in, in our world we're all looking for the magic pill. You know what magic pill I'm talking about? The one you can take at night and while you're sleeping or being lazy or doing whatever you do, it's like the muscle pill, it's the health pill right? It's changing your mind. It's changing your finances. Like, it's just happening, right? All while you do nothing with no side effects, right? Remember whenever they come out with a pill that says, a fat-burning pill, a fat-burning muscle-building pill, and you don't have to work out, and you see people just drinking a lemonade. Yeah, it works. And on the back of it, it's like the words are this long, like, and if you look closely, may result in death. Like, you don't take that kind of pill. They don't exist. Until I thought about the gospel. Until I thought about the faith God's talking about. That's at work in your life every day. Man, if you could just find that diet with no side effects, Enoch found it. Or it found him. And now you have that reward from God. God is at work in your life even when it is not seen and revealed in the highways and the awesome. If you are walking with God, slow or fast, 
fast. He is faithfully and supernaturally at work in you. You you and I just don't see how getting up and going to work at that same old sort of unrewarding job is rewarding and brand new for God, but it is. We don't see how dealing with that same person in our spouse, the same issues, the same old nuances that irritate us, being faithful in the same things, in the same attempts to grow closer and closer. God rewards that stuff. He is a saving faithful part of it. The same old apartment. No husband, no kids, no future it appears, right? The Lord is walking in the door every day and waiting on you every day, picking up the kids from school, doing dinner, doing laundry, alone or with a new group. You walk with God. Same old stuff, Bible study and church and community group and the occasional special thing. The Bible is saying we shouldn't take those things for granted. Because God is at work when you don't see it. You have the gospel faith pill, if you will, at work in your heart when you come to Christ. And you didn't earn it. You didn't buy it. You didn't have to pay a lot of money. You didn't have to be on a pyramid scheme to work your way to finally get it. When God called you and the Holy Spirit came to live in your heart, when Christ came to live there, automatically, whether you lazy or work a lot, whether you do a lot, whether you think a lot, if Jesus is in your heart, if that faith is there, he is rewarding you. It's a crazy message of grace, and I'm afraid to say it. Because if I tell you that grace works by God's goodness and God's love, and it is a gift that Christ bought for believers, I'm afraid y'all going to get lazy. But I have more faith in him than I do your laziness. When you live long in some place, in the same place, you get tired of doing good sometimes. The longer you live, you see more brokenness. You experience a lot of sickness, and it's easy to get discouraged. Enoch is in here because God sustained him through multiple years. If you and I can only seem to take the 30 or 40 before we are ready to change or change up our God and the definition of faithfulness. And I'm not talking about God leading you in a new direction. I am talking about when we take for granted and unfaithfully that God is walking and working in us like someone like you and me that he's pleased to see and be with and work in every day. Believer, and those who are not believers, I want you to hear this. We look at our lives. We ain't pleased. We're always in the rat race trying to prove something. It's never enough. It's the marketing scheme in this country to make you think you are never enough. Enoch's in the Hall of Fame, y'all. Fall of faith, rather. Because 300 years every single day, Because of God's love for him, Enoch was enough for God. Because God was more than enough for Enoch. You can rest in that. You can walk in that for 70, 80, 90 years, 100. If Enoch walked in at 300, it's a testament to his Lord. And the story of Enoch says so clearly to us, we can be patient with God and each other and ourselves and not so hard on ourselves. 
each, each in each other to be incredible now and changed incredibly now and our calls to change and grow and move in faithfulness because until the end, as we see in Enoch, if we are believers in Jesus, God is not through with you or done with you yet. So keep walking. Keep getting up. Keep repenting. Keep coming and seeking him until he comes to get you and take you away. Your verse 5 again in Hebrews. And I'm going to look back at our Genesis passage. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. I'm going to stop there, and then let's, let's jump to our Genesis passage. We get into the exciting part, y'all. So he said in verse 21, Enoch lived 65 years. He fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. That's all the days of Enoch were 365. Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. He was gone, y'all. He was there, then he was gone. That's what the Bible says. Something apparently worth noting happened to Enoch. He was there and then he was no more. The Bible says he was translated in a way where he did not see death, Hebrew says. And it's been believed, like I pointed out earlier, that that meant that Enoch did not die, that he went into heaven, that he was so faithful to God, right? That, that God did something special for him, that he earned his way all the way into heaven. He didn't need his body redeemed. God did something unusual for Enoch, but nothing that in principle he isn't promising to do for all believers. So he wasn't translated because of the measure of his personal faithfulness. Oh, Enoch, he, he got 105 on the faith test. So I'm taking him, right? He didn't work like that. 105 is still not good enough, right? So, so he wasn't translated, again, because compared to, others, compared to other believers, he was so good. But to display what someone faithful to God could expect by looking at Enoch's extreme example. So let's deal with this Enochian thing real quick by looking at Hebrews itself first. Look at what the writer says to book in the chapter of faithful people in verse 39. You have that in your, your bulletin. And all these, talking about Enoch and all of them he mentions, though commended, remember he says Enoch was commended in his faith, through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Okay, did not receive what was promised. It means that Enoch did not go to third or final heaven. So he was not taking up into heaven and couldn't have until Jesus came back the second time to redeem his new heavenly body and resurrect him for, um, from the grave to meet his soul to make us match our heavenly existence. And that, along with a number of theological reasons surrounding Jesus as being the one who alone came from heaven and then ascended in perfection into heaven first, makes Enoch completely ascended bodily, not what we are talking about here. When we look at the word translation in the Bible, it means that Enoch was taken away, taken away from his regular place in life somewhere else. That's what it means. In Acts, Philip was translated, meaning he was one where, and like Loki in Marvel Comics, right? He was boop, boop, and then he was somewhere else. Translated. Somewhere else to, now hear me now, 
to die and no longer be found. And it was easy, is a way to say Enoch and all his regularness belonged to and was going to his reward to, super, to a supernatural end, though we have to believe wherever Enoch ended up, right, he died of natural causes, but by supernatural reasons and design. God didn't want anyone to be able to see him die of a broken hip or old age. God took him in such a way that the world around him would be able to say God is faithful not only to the end, but unto and after death. Hear me carefully. God took Enoch so no one would be able to say that sin took him and brokenness had him. But rather God, who was pleased with him, took him. And thus Enoch's life ended in being with, with a being with God reward. And Enoch's story gives us hope for our mundane and sometimes routine faith that our faith defeats death. Let me sum it up this way. There is so much powerful work at, in, in those who are believers, even the slackest believers. There is so much love and pleasure for you by God because of Jesus. Even the laziest of you believers, death will not have you. That God refuses to let you and me, those whom he's pleased with, to let death, the final hook and tool of sin and brokenness and the devil, be the thing you can believe ultimately takes you away. If you are born again to new life in Jesus, then the story and promise of your faith cannot end with death and sin took him. But it must end with God and was faithful to save her, right? And keep and walk with her and then draw them through death, still holding them in his faithful promises and pulling them through the doorway of death to the other side. If you're a believer, when you're born again, called by God, your life is automatically connected by an umbilical cord of eternal life. And God has been feeding you through it from him while you live on this earth. And that cord is the Holy Spirit and the connection is Jesus. And one day when it will be time to be born into eternal life, the life that you are already connected to as you live and connected to God's faithfulness, there is a life that you are connected and destined to that is an eternal life. What's that mean? Believers are already translated from the kingdom of death and sin into the kingdom of life. Enoch's translation represented two sides of the same coin. On one side, when you become a believer spiritually, you are removed from death and sin and Satan being able to take you and move you and devour you. He's removed and translated the faithful out of that sin destiny by the power of Jesus and we live translated which means the life you live right now in the body. Hear this, this is amazing. Though in the body and on earth has already been translated in its worth and meaning and purpose and goal to heaven's citizenship. You, your everyday walking with the Lord is a translation that only the faithful around you and God himself can see and understand. 
The Apostle Paul says in Galatians that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, he says, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Faith for everyday living is about living a translated life in the substance of your salvation, which means everything is done and should and could be done with a heavenly mind and with a heavenly purpose and seeking to please a heavenly God. But it also means one day, not death, not sin, not Satan, not an accident or by accident, though it might be through the means or doorway or pathway of death, but one day God will call us up. And when he pulls on the faith umbilical cord, God will take us out of here because it will be him doing the taking that is his faithfulness to us. Look at this passage in John 11. Jesus says, what? After Lazarus dies and he goes to raise him again. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Now hear this one. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? In the Bible, to see death is equated with facing a just punishment for being a sinner. To not see death was to be saved, not the punishment, but to the reward of being forever with God in heaven. Enoch did, like Lazarus and like we will, die, but he never saw death. Means that though he died, he didn't see or experience death and sin take him or own him or claim him. He never saw death. He only saw the Lord drawing him to eternal life. People of God, the vision of Jesus that you walk in is a vision and experience you will experience when God calls you home. And right now you are walking a path that will ultimately lead to a reward of completed and glorified holiness and pleasure to and with God. To know the Lord, to be pleasing to him means living and hoping and walking like one day he will call out to you. Call out to you and me, mundane or ridiculous, exceptional or regular, and everything in between. Like the old preachers used to say, he will call out, servant, servant, get up. And rest, servant. Get up and come to me. You're walking and traversing in ups and downs and deserts and empty spaces and jungles and storms are over. And they will not have you. And they never did when my hand was on you. And now I draw you to me. You will not see death. You will see a Lord waiting and calling you home to be with him forever. And that starts right now in your everyday living Every day, every hour, every minute, God is anticipating and translating and calling you home to him. Enoch walked a long walk with God for 300 years. But he flew up to and rested for, with God for all eternity. We can take hope in our long walk of faith. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you. We won't see death. Because when we die, we're going to see you. <laughs> we won't see death. Because when we die, it won't be even the ER doctor that makes the call. It'll be your call. Lord, I want you to help the folk here who walk every day in what seems like a mundane, empty existence and help them realize that they are connected and translated. Their life is, tra is translation, if you will, of God's eternal purposes. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Help us take that long walk of faith. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.